Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, that was an exciting weekend, was it not? Certainly plenty going on and lots of great things happening. I, uh, I got to tell you, I like it. I like all of it. I like what's happening. It's becoming more and more evident that uh, the good guys are in control. The bad guys are panicking. That's, that's just beyond evident to me. And um, we're certainly living through an incredible time here. And uh, it's, it's both horrific and exciting at the same time. I want to p- uh, point people to the latest Substack article that I wrote on the American Classroom, and it's titled The Mental Litmus Test in War, How Self-Betrayal and Gatekeeping Are Common in War. And essentially what I say is to not take in all kinds of information and ultimately arrive at some rather harsh truths uh, is, is a mistake, that we have to take in all kinds of information regardless of where it's coming from. And now that these Q posts are coming back, apparently, uh, what, what again is interesting is, is this is just another litmus test, just like the Uvalde thing. The Uvalde thing exposed so many people and so many groups of people, their inability to think, their inability to speak whatever the truth is, use all of these pseudo-investigative powers that they claim to have, um, and then they just kept their mouths shut about the whole thing. And again, they probably did so because they're controlled. You know, They're more concerned with who signs their checks and what those people think about what they may or may not say. You know, we don't we don't know the emails that they receive and and the board meetings that they that they sit in on. And somebody at the head of the board table says, "Okay, so this is happening. We're not going to talk about this. Don't anybody bring this up. We're not talking about this. And again, you know, take these Q posts, for example, that immediately popped up again with the Uvalde thing aside a minute, even though, again, that exposed countless people. But the Q thing has as well. All of, all of those drops over the course of all of those years from, again, October of 2017 all the way through the beginning of December of 2020, and then it stopped for approximately a year and a half, and now it's, it's back on again, seemingly. You've got, a lot of the, you've got a lot of name calling, a lot of people openly saying it was a psychological operation designed to you know, distract people and... Then the name calling comes out with the Q-tard this and Q-tard that and all this other stuff. I disagree with all of that. It, it is beyond evident that it is legit, that it is completely real, because endless memes have even, have even said this, and I've put some up on Gab, but why on earth would the enemy create a psychological operation exposing themselves and their own crimes? They wouldn't. All of that was done intentionally to, again, galvanize men, women, children all over the world to recognize who rules the world, who's in charge, what their schemes are, how they meddle and do things behind closed doors and in shadows. That was the entire purpose of it. That's it. There was no message in any of that that I ever thought nor found nor interpreted where it said, sit on your ass and do nothing. People, again, who, who apparently lack the ability to just think clearly, 
are, are reading into that phrase, trust the plan. And they interpreted that, and that's their own fault, as I've even told people on Gab. Well, if you think this, this is your own fault. If you think that the phrase trust the plan meant sit on your ass and do nothing, that's, that's, your, that's your own fault. I, I don't know what else to say. Again, none of those posts that occurred over that entire course of time ever said anything about not doing anything, not getting engaged. In fact, the edu- it's, it's, natural, it's the natural progression of the human mind to learn things and then share what they learn. Because when they share what they learn, they have arrived at knowledge. They know that it's true. They know that uh, something that they have learned is in fact true, and then they share it with people. Now, yes, are there endless individuals that speculate about a thousand different things, and they, they ultimately end up settling on something that is in fact not true? Of course, that happens all of the time. It happens constantly. But the very people, again, who are so dismissive of information, valuable information, during war, which this is a war, uh, that's dangerous. That's remarkably dangerous. And that's pretty much what, again, what this Substack article is about, that we have a personal responsibility as American citizens and as citizens within this world where, that we all share, where we have to take in copious amounts of information and we have to arrive at, at logical conclusions. Not, not that it has to be logical to us all of the time. It can be very, very confusing for many people. And again, some people just cannot think beyond two dimensions. They say, well, yes, here's a good guy and a bad guy. And yes, sometimes those individuals are blackmailed and, and whatever. But they can't, they can't think even, even deeper than that. And so, again, some people can't even reach that second dimension. Blackmail and bribery is not a real thing. That doesn't happen. Politicians don't operate that way. I mean, those people are going to be stuck. They're going to be stuck in that wavelength of thought for a very long time. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily my problem. Uh, And I'm I'm not even sure it's my responsibility to to awaken them to how many dimensions there actually are when it comes to thinking and problem solving and arriving at logical conclusions. Ultimately, there has to be some personal responsibility, and they have to make those decisions up for themselves. But to ignore information in an information war that is not just an information war, but where information and propaganda is getting people killed, millions of people killed via the shots for just one example, that right there is a massive problem. And it's negligent. And a person would be tricking themselves and lying to themselves if they actually believe that, that the Q stuff and, and those Q drops is some kind of a psychological operation designed to get us to not do anything and just wait around. Absurd. There are more people today writing, reading, hosting their own shows, and and moving messages around than ever before. That would not have happened had it not been for that information dissemination that was taking place over the course of, of numerous years. Three plus years. It's just that that was part of the plan. Part of the plan again was 
teaching people particular things and then having them relearn how to self-learn. This is also why many of the parents who read those drops and have been paying attention to what's going on in society and all around the world, both locally and, and, and globally, so to speak, that many of them homeschool their, parents, or homeschool their children now. That's a big deal. That means, again, they're work, they're, they've, they've moved their, their own children out of the machine, and that's an excellent thing. And that's just one small example. It's a big, big example, but it's just one piece of the much larger puzzle is the point. So do not dismiss these drops. Um, QAnon.pub is a place to go. There are lots of other websites that have the actual drops themselves, but there you go. You cannot cannot ignore information in a war. If you're in the military and you're on the ground, you're trying to take in as much information as you possibly can. Again, I've never been in the military, but I know that to be true. Because if you start ignoring that information, or you say, nah, we don't need, we, we don't need intel, uh, you know, any, any intelligence information from that location over there, forget about that. If you do that, that might end up getting you killed or someone else killed. It's a big deal. So the question I have, just kind of shifting gears here for a second, is I've wondered to myself, what would be the ratio or percentage breakdown of individuals who, throughout this time, read those Q drops since, again, November of of 2017 or whenever they picked up on it? Because, again, even, even now, people don't know about it. Endless people all over the world in the United States still don't know about any of those Q drops whatsoever. Not, not, I mean, these people exist. Even though it was in the mainstream media, people criticizing it, they never even got curious and thought to, thought to read them or look into it or anything. Um, how many of the people who did not read the Q drops took the jabs? And then how many people read the Q drops? read them consistently, critically thought about all of them, investigated things, and ended up taking the shots? See, I think that's an interesting question. And that's one I'm, I'm rolling around. What is that, what is that breakdown? What, what would that actually look like? Because unfortunately, we, we have to understand with everything on a spectrum, again, it's, a, it's basically, a, as you've heard me bring up before, it's a jab spectrum question. You know, all the different scenarios of, of why a person took these shots, whether they were bribed, coerced, you know, they, they didn't want to wear the mask anymore. They wanted to go on a vacation or they wanted to, uh, you know, not worry about it anymore, quote unquote, whatever excuse they, they've formulated in their own mind or rationalization. We know for a fact that people took the jabs because Donald Trump said he took the jabs. Now, do I believe he did? Of course not. But I've also explained why he had to say that. Why he had to tell people that. And, and one of the major reasons is, is we cannot listen to politicians. We have got to think for ourselves rather than, you know, take me to your leader and I'll follow you no matter where you go kind of thing. We, we can't do that. God's probably the only person we should be following around all of the time. Not, not a politician, not somebody on your old TV. I mean, that shouldn't be happening. But it's an interesting question. I, I 
I don't know if we'll ever be able to arrive at an actual answer, but I, I think it's interesting. Um, okay, here's something else, too, which I, I think is also interesting and just wanted to mention. Back to Uvalde real quick. I was hoping that Bombard's body language would do a video on the Uvalde uh, Texas police guy who's been questioned by the Texas Senate, the, this McCraw guy. Because as you heard me mention in previous episodes, this guy's got more facial tics than I've ever seen in my entire life. It's beyond evident that he's reading from a script or he has a script memorized and he's just saying it during you know, this, this Senate hearing that has taken place. And as you would expect, there are more pictures that have been released from this uh, apparent one-camera surveillance footage thing. None of the shooter, though, just a bunch of other people standing around with guns and holding shields and looking like they're actually doing something. Um, again, Laura Ingram keeps talking about this on, on her show on Fox News, too, and I'm, I'm just blown away that endless people just still believe this. But with that said, I, I, was, I was hoping that Bombard's body language would do something regarding this guy, and, and she hasn't yet. Because it seems like a no-brainer. It seems like he's a perfect example of someone to measure their nonverbal communication and take and just question the entire thing. I mean, use him as a springboard. If somebody doesn't want to watch anything else, just watch that guy's face when he's talking and ask yourself, does this look like a guy who's telling the truth? Because it doesn't to me at all. He's bouncing around, he's got, you know, he's smacking his lips. He's just got lots of facial tics. It's really, really weird. And of course, he is lying, and he is reading from a script because it didn't happen. And we know that because, again, I've, I've, been, over that, I've been over that thing, that, that giant hoax uh, for numerous episodes, you know, little pieces at a time, and uh, it's just beyond evident. So there you go. Okay. This was kind of jacked up. Came across this on, on, uh, on Telegram. And it's a Dr. Gold, Simone Gold, of America's Frontline Doctors. And it's a promotional video that apparently is narrated, it sounds like, John Strand, her, uh, her, her boyfriend allegedly, narrated this video where, yes, in fact, Dr. Gold and AFLDS, in particular her, are asking for your money. And they're claiming that your money is going to help her get out of jail. Now, I don't know how that's going to happen. But what's interesting is in the promotional video, which, again, I tossed up on my gab, so you can, you can go there and check it out if you're interested, but they, the individual who wrote it and is reading the script and narrating over top of the imagery, they, they claim that Dr. Gold was pushed into the Capitol building. There was nowhere for her to go because she was in a crowd of people and she was just pushed into the Capitol building. But even though she was within the uh, partitions and she was just peacefully standing and not vandalizing anything, she gave her speech anyway because we were already there and, and it just happened to be a, a convenient opportunity. Nonsense. That's utter nonsense. 
She walked right into that building. She knew exactly what she was doing. She said so. I heard her say it. I heard her say it numerous times live in her speeches. Again, both in Cincinnati, San Antonio, I heard her say it countless times. She knew exactly what she was doing. And now they're trying to make it sound like she was just caught in this wave of people. And this magical wave of people just carried her in because there was nowhere for her to go. It's absurd. Again, Dr. Gold is, she's a snake oil salesman at this point. And I understand that that's harsh, and I'm not trying, trying to discredit her, um, what would you call it? Her fortitude, I guess, coming right out of the gate, uh, you know, in early of, of 2020, and saying, we don't need to shut things down. We don't need this. It's just, I mean, good for her for doing that. I'm not discrediting that. What I have a problem with, which you've heard me bring it up before, is her approach regarding just about everything else and her unwillingness to be as awake as she claims, uh, her repetitive nature, and then now siphoning endless dollars for promotional opportunities. It's, it's not stopping. She's again now using her own imprisonment as a money-grabbing opportunity. I think that's disgusting, but that's just me. Maybe other people are attracted to that, and if you are, okay, that's fine, but not, I'm not attracted to that. I, I just think it's, I think it's bad, and of course, I don't like liars, and when, she's, when someone puts this promotional video together with her image, and she had to have signed off on it, or at least seen it, uh, before they said, yep, publish that. I mean, the guy openly says she was caught in this wave of people, and that's the only you know that's the only reason why she was there was there was no there was no way for her to get out and uh, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. No one has ever thrown me into a middle of a mob, and no mob has ever moved me from from has moved me one hundred yards from outside of a building into the inside of a building. It's ridiculous. Absolutely nuts. But there you go. So watch out for that because, again, these grifters are just everywhere. And uh, I don't like that. I never have liked that, but that's, that's something that is very, very real. Okay. A couple other articles here that I want to mention. These are uh, these are jab related. Actually, you know what? Before I bring up that, let me let me bring this up too. This is university related, education related, to say the least. And you've kind of heard me say this before, but not. That, I don't think I've brought up this uh, this specific detail. This is something that's occurring where I live, and I live in a town that has a university campus, as you know. There are over the years, I should say. In the town where I live, they've been consistently taking down older structures and then they will build student living facilities for university students, apartments essentially. So, outside of this relatively newer apartment complex, it's multiple brick buildings sort of set up like this, you know, giant commons kind of area thing. But anyway, it's, it's nice looking on the outside and uh, multi storied and I've seen pictures of the inside, relatively nice as well. 
But now there's a giant sign outside of the entrance to this apartment complex, right on the side of the road. And what they're doing is, is they're, they're, they're offering up what would have been student living space as now office space. So it's not that there are purposeful offices within these apartments. There are not. They're just apartments. But they're trying to now promote the living quarters as being office space for people who want office space. Now, why would that be? Why would they be transforming apartment living where students would normally be into now office space? You see, this is what I call a clue. I mean, this is a basic clue to me. It's never happened before, number one. Number two, to be a student here without an exemption of some kind, you have to be double jabbed, at least double jabbed. Number three, I've never, ever seen a sign ever again outside of any apartment complex offering up their apartments as office space, which clearly means it's a promotion to get people to still pay rent and to rethink how to use an apartment building or an apartment room or whatever it is. And instead of using it as a living quarters, let's just use it as an office space because it's evident that we don't have the amount of students that we used to have. Because again, they're jabbed, they're sick, and they're not showing up. This is, again, this is not just a clue, this is a trend. There's no doubt in my mind that this is happening all over the United States. It has to be. Because what typically goes on at one college or university or K-12 school happens in endless others. So here's, here, here's just sort of a, a heads up to anybody. If you live around a college or a university campus, again, it's the end of June, beginning of July here. Um, pay attention to that. Drive around, if you can, and see if these apartment buildings are being offered up now as office space. Because again, if that's happening, it's probably happening because they don't have the student population anymore. They're just not coming back. And I don't expect the, the, the college campus, again, where I live, to be at full capacity ever again. I just don't expect that. Another litmus test for that, of course, is a local grocery store. What does the grocery store look like and how full is it when students are in town and on campus as opposed to not? Normally in the past, when I've gone into the grocery store during the school year when students are in town, there are more students around. It's visually obvious that that's the case. Not so within the last year and a half. Not so. Far less students. Way more parking. I mean, it's that kind of stuff that I, I, that I would just encourage people to pay attention to because I think we're going to continue to notice that. That's going to be an ongoing thing. But I just wanted to mention that. That was just one of the observations that I've made. Um, there are endless other observations, of course, that, that people can make regarding all of this. But uh, it's still a very serious deal, still a very serious matter. 
And the numbers don't lie, and the old eye test doesn't lie either. I also have a current research article here that I want to read, again, regarding the jabs. And then I have some audio that I want to play from Dr. Tenpenny. And then one final article regarding the birth rate, uh, in particular in Germany. And it's a very interesting Twitter thread, I think, that has a lot to do, again, with, with what's happening and um, the not only lack of birth rate, but the inability to reproduce as a result of these shots. Um, okay, this comes from Nature.com, and the journal specifically is Nature Communications. And this was published, again, just, just this month, just approximately one week ago. It's titled, Age and Sex-Specific Risks of Myocarditis and Pericarditis Following COVID-19 Messenger RNA Vaccines. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 authors. Here's the abstract. It says, quote, Cases of myocarditis and pericarditis have been reported following the receipt of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, vaccines. As vaccination campaigns are still to be extended, we aim to provide a comprehensive assessment of the association by vaccine and across sex and age groups. Using nationwide hospital discharge and vaccine data, we analyzed all 1,612 cases of myocarditis and 1,613 cases of pericarditis that occurred in France in the period from May 12th of 2021 to October 31st of 2021. We perform, we perform matched case control studies and find increased risks of myocarditis and pericarditis during the first week following vaccination and particularly after the second dose with adjusted odds ratios of myocarditis of 8.1, 95% confidence interval for the BioNTech You've heard me say this number before, 162B2, which is the Pfizer jab. And then it says, and 95% for the mRNA 1273 vaccine. The largest associations are observed for myocarditis following the mRNA 1273 vaccination in persons aged 18 to 24 years. Estimates of excess cases attributed to vaccination also, re also reveal a substantial burden of both myocarditis and pericarditis across other age groups and in both males and females. So here's the thing. They say the vast majority are coming from the messenger RNA jab, which might not be the, the, the Pfizer jab, but the Moderna jab perhaps. And that, of course, they're seeing more cases, again, this is just France, more cases among 18 to 24-year-olds. That would, of course, fall right in line with the college-related deaths that we've seen, the athlete-related deaths that we've seen, and so on and so forth. However, at the end, they basically say again, across all other age groups and in both males and females. So they basically say, hey, look, it's also in all other age groups, and it's with everybody. Because again, if you recall, and this is testing people's recalling, including my own. But very early on, they were saying, oh, girls don't get it. Girls don't get myocarditis. There were just a couple of, couple of cases with a couple of 15-year-old boys. Very rare. I even remember my uh, now washed up uh, family doctor say, saying the exact same thing. Well, you know, it's just a couple of cases. It's not that big a deal. 
it, that's absolutely ridiculous. And again, in almost every single one of these quote unquote peer reviewed research articles, they always say the same thing. They specify the problem within a particular age range or with a particular side effect or an you know, intentional disease that the person ends up having. But then at the end of the article, they either say, well, it can happen with just about anybody at any time. Or they'll end up by saying, eh, it doesn't matter, still take the shots anyway. It just, it doesn't equate. It, it just doesn't make sense. You have, you have children below, way below the age of 18 dying in the middle of their sleep. Again, this was a year ago this study was conducted, and again, it was just conducted in France. But we're seeing this with everyone. This is not, um, this is not age-specific. It is jab-specific. The ones that do not have the jabs are not getting myocarditis and pericarditis, nor having heart trouble whatsoever. We're not getting blood clots either. But again, the people who have are. And the, and the, the, the frightening part, too, is that it's even now being even more widely discussed that the individuals who have taken these jabs, in particular the first or second jab or even more, that they probably have myocarditis, but they don't have any symptoms of it yet. That, that it, can, it can come on very quickly with an individual or it can be progressive over the course of time. This right here, again, this is going to be a huge problem going forward um, and, and frightening because it is frightening. Uh, with that said, I want to specifically play this audio now from Dr. Tenpenny. This is from the latest episode of The Five Docs last Thursday. Um, they brought up a lot of interesting things. Just to sort of summarize real quick before I play this, uh, this quick little three-minute clip from Dr. Tenpenny, but Dr. Carrie Madej brought up a lot of really interesting information about lighting and LED lights and, and what LED lights do for our central nervous system and, and the way that our brains operate and that it slows us down and sort of hypnotizes us and fogs us and a number of other things. It was, it was very interesting. Dr. Lee Merritt also brought up the business of uh, urine, believe it or not, and urine potentially being an uh, anti-detoxification element, so to speak. Um, when it comes to re-ingesting your own urine, small amounts, I'm not going to get into the details because clearly that's not something that I'm into and that's not something that even Dr. Carrie Madej is into. And, uh, it's, it's not, you know, th there's a lot of literature out there about it, but, um, it certainly has anti-parasitic properties to some extent, according, again, according to her and the people she was referencing in XYZ, but that's about all I have to say on that. If you're interested in that, again, head over to Rumble and the Critically Thinking channel and check that out. Um, anywho, here's Dr. Tenpenny real quick talking about some of her observations and the things that she's dealing with in particular regarding some of the stories from some of these nurses that she's now hiring and the horrible experiences that they've had in the past watching doctors just flat out kill their patients. The one that I posted last week, if you go to, you know, and I can put the link in here. It's called rubbery blood clots. And I made a really big connection and a big artery or a big connection between what the spike proteins do in terms of, of uh, causing something called amyloidosis. And the amyloidosis is really increases hypercoagulation. So you've got spike proteins plus fibrin that leads to, uh, to amyloid proteins, which lead to these large rubbery clots. 
And then the other one that I posted um, um, this week, I, I actually posted one on myocarditis. And the one that's coming out tomorrow, the title of it is called, Are Your COVID-Injected Friends and Family Members Brain Damaged? And I put out the pretty good evidence of what is actually happening of creating um, prions type proteins in your, in your brain. And so people who go, well, you know, I got the shots, I'm just fine. Well, they got at least 10 years to look over their shoulders before they can claim that they're fine. Sudden cardiac deaths, like Larry said, the tsunami is cresting. It's coming. And it's almost here now. We're only 19, excuse me, 19 months into this nonsense. And, and the, um, the spike proteins cause something called, called uh, you'll break down and cause something called alpha-cytian. And then that is what causes Lewy body dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And Louis, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, Parkinson's disease and Parkinson's disease plus Lewy body dementia, the two of those together are the most common kinds of dementia. So the articles that I was actually researching, because that's why this is called Eye on the Evidence. So we've got 18,000 articles in the vaccine research library that I'm going to start pulling them out and using them and talking about them, you know, is that, um, you know, you've got even one of the articles came out clearly said, and it's linked to it in the in the ones that I wrote, that says that anybody who thinks that they're they're fine and they don't have any reactions from these shots literally have to look over their shoulder for the next 10 years. And they're gonna get Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia, which those two things together, and then all the heart disease and the you know, congestive heart failure and all the autoimmune diseases that we're gonna start seeing is just it's like kind of overwhelming, I think, even for like the five of us that kind of swim in this pond all the time, you know, looking at it, looking at the research and stuff like that. I mean, for people to get their head around it, I mean, I talked about it in that rubbery blood clot article. It's like, why do physicians not connect the dots? Right. Well, primarily because they're double vaxxed and boosts and they're wondering yeah, if they're going to be the next denial, one SADS. And then the other thing is how many of their patients have they died? I just have died and now they're complicit. I just hired a new practitioner yesterday a new nurse nurse practitioner for my new clinic and she quit her job like six months ago because she said i saw my doctors murder 81 of my patients in nine months and i couldn't live with it anymore i just couldn't do it and there's another nurse that we're probably going to hire that's been working in a pediatric clinic and she said i just i just can't bring myself to inject these kids and these doctors are forcing me to do it and i just have to quit i'd rather be sleep i'd rather be homeless than to have to work at a clinic these doctors are going to be murdering children. I feel the exact same way about the education business. I feel the exact same way. I, I cannot bring myself to be a school teacher ever again because I know what's happening, not just to the business. And of course, that entire building is on fire and, and crumbling to the ground. But we again, we can see exactly what they're intentionally doing to themselves. They are purposely keeping the most immoral and, and weeding out the most moral by forcing the most moral to do remarkably immoral things. But the immoral people who are forcing this have no idea that it's immoral. Again, that's a, that's a level of brainwashing that is, is beyond remarkable. It's just remarkable. As you, you've heard me say a million times, not only are they crushing their own business, but they don't know that they're the ones doing it. They don't even know. They have no idea that they're the ones that are actually crushing their own line of work. And of course, because they're jabbed, how long do they have? 
again, I don't, it's another observation. We had a couple of meat wagons up and down the road where I live uh, here this past week. I, I know that's tasteless. I, I, call, uh, I call ambulances meat wagons. Anyway, um, I don't know if anybody's noticed that happening more often where they live, but how about the medical helicopters in the sky? Has anybody seen those with, with more regularity? They've certainly flown around a little, uh, certainly with more regularity around where I live. But again, it, it could just be unrelated, but it's certainly something that, uh, you know, it's an observation that I, that I just make, but I don't know. It's, it's awful. This is this is all just horrible, but at the same time, again, the numbers don't lie, and the numbers are probably again worse than than what we can imagine. Uh, which leads me to this last article that I wanted to mention, and this was tossed my way from a listener of the podcast. And thank you for throwing throwing this particular article my way. Uh, I'm just going to read again. This uh, this is from Thread Reader, and it's from Jicky Leaks. Which is apparently at Jicky Leaks on uh, on Twitter. It says the following. It says, "quote This is a massive safety signal for infertility. Germany's first report of birth rates since the rollout. Remember that the birth rate data is nine months too late. If the next quarter is worse, this is children of men scenario. And there's a chart here, and it shows that in the year of 2022." which would have been, again, from January to March of just 2022, that the birth rate is the lowest that it's been since 2011. That there was a steady incline from 2011 to 2016 and 2017, and then it sort of tops out. And it remains the same from 2017 to 2018 to 2019, 2020. And then 2021, it's a little lower. But then just this year, within the first quarter of months, again from January to March of 2022, you're sitting at 55,000 new births, apparently, just in Germany. So it says the following. It says, for the years of 2011 to 2021, the average number of births is 63,911 for the January-March quarter with a standard deviation of 1,000. 15. The drop to 54,871 for 2022 is approximately 9SD, 9 Sigma Unicorn Events. The money people understand this. And then they've got another chart. It says, for 9 Sigma drop in birth rates to have happened in January to March of 2022, something dramatic had to have happened to stop pregnancies occurring in March to June of 2021. I wonder what that could be. Were couples depressed, looking to move house, too busy? It says in general birth rates are surprisingly stable year to, in general birth rates are surprisingly stable year to year with long-term cycles. These are seasonal peaks and troughs which are pretty reliable. Even midwife knows. But this is well outside normal a big red arrow time. Um Yeah. It says, in the children of men, the midwives were the first to notice. The phone stopped ringing, but it only affected humans. Nobody listens to the midwives. In today's equivalent, we are not allowed to speak, not allowed to raise concerns. 
It says, and it's not just Germany. Uh, this is an 8% drop even before March of 2022 figures are released in the at UKHSA vaccine surveillance reports. And it says, and yeah, you can say, quote unquote, but it's only two months. So let's see the latest data. The UKHSA has it. And again, women giving birth February of 2022, 36,394. It says not just UK, not just Germany. North Dakota provisional data showing another drop of 11% from February to April. Unprecedented for a state that has a stable birth rate with a standard deviation less than 5% of the mean. It definitely has nothing to do with the fact that rather than saying at the site of injection is promised, their own data showed that the LPNs not only disrupted, distributed to the ovaries and testes, but accumulated. Says, I don't know, probably just a blip, coincidence, what do I know? I'm just a mouse, unquote. And then it says, Netherlands, same pattern. Same thing is happening in other countries. It's incredible. Again, this is going to be undeniable, and this is, this is the, the societal impact, I think, that is going to increase um, endless other negatives. And I hate to just constantly harp on this negative aspect of this, because again, there's a lot of great things happening right now. Everything with the Supreme Court, that's fantastic. Of course, that's clearly coordinated and being run by other people, but, uh, and, and it's fantastic. But this right here is going to be a, a massive societal impact regarding the mental and emotional health of individuals going forward. There, again, will be people who are jabbed who will get married and they don't know that this is happening. Because, again, their televisions aren't telling them and their TV watchers and their radio listeners and they're listening to all those commercials and all that propaganda and all that nonsense. They have no idea that they can't have kids. They just don't know that. If they were to actually have a child again, what are the odds that the child would survive? This just, again, it raises more long-term questions. And again, if, heaven forbid, you know, they lose their child as a result of all of this, what mental and emotional impact is that going to have on that individual? And then, of course, what do we know about the connections between mental and emotional health and the economy and employment? And all of the, you know, just going to work and making a living. It disrupts all of that. And, and I just don't, uh, I, I don't think that, again, you know, you're not going to hear it in a football game. Watching sports on TV, you're not going to hear that. But this is undeniable because, again, people are paying attention to these statistics. And, and they're putting these studies together and they're watching these numbers. So in the future, I would fully expect to see more and more studies of this, of this nature. Just like Tenpenny said, and the five docs were bringing up briefly is, well, there were four of them there, but again, what they were bringing up had to do with the closed-mindedness of these doctors. These doctors don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they're sterilizing generations of children right now, even if they made it to the point where they could actually reproduce. If they even lived that long, they, they wouldn't be able to. So I've screamed that from the mountaintops before. You, you've heard me say that before. Um, 
I just, I, th- this is just, this is continuing to be a very real thing that I'm afraid. And it's cer- certainly an angle that a lot of people just aren't, aren't paying attention to. And it's remarkably unfortunate that, uh, that that's the case. Okay. With all of that said, here's what I'd like to do. I want to just briefly describe this week and next week and, and what I have planned. On Wednesday, A.J. Gochik is going to be joining us, our favorite lawyer from California, and he's got plenty of stories to tell, including, I think, uh, a few things regarding Dr. Gold, if I'm not mistaken, or certainly an AFLDS lawyer of some kind. But we'll, we'll ask him again about Stanford University and the shots and, and his perspective on a number of different things, and I'm just going to give him the floor, and, and he's just going to lay it all out there. So that's going to be on Wednesday. There will be an episode on Friday. And then the following week, the week of the 4th of July, I will not be here on Monday or Wednesday, but I will on Friday. So next week, there won't be an episode for Monday or Wednesday, but there will be one for Friday. Just wanted to let people know that. Uh, My birthday is on July 8th. And ever since I was a little kid, we've just always had a lot of fun during that week. Just a lot of different stuff going on, a lot of fireworks, a lot of swimming, playing with dogs, good times. Good times to say the least. So that's the plan going forward here, everybody. Uh, make sure and check out this Wednesday with AJ Gochik and again on Friday, and I'll uh, talk to you then. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.